me back my socks. Everyone knows I can't eat without it. Never. Okay, then. Oh, oh, give it to me! No! Wait, you're stretching out the elastic! It would seem we have reached an impasse. Ah, yes! We are back here on MLB Morning Coffee a little bit later on a Thursday than we first assumed. But as you all know, there are things right now more important in the world than baseball. We are coming to you from the Ocean Avenue Studios in San Francisco, California. My name is Greg Mraz, your host as per usual. Couple of housekeeping items. First, remember to write a review, leave a rating, and subscribe. It helps our metrics tremendously as we make the effort to grow this podcast. You can email the show, greg.maraz at yahoo.com. You can also follow me on Twitter at Greg D. Maraz. That is G-R-E-G-D-M-R-O-Z. I want to first start off by addressing a couple of things from our last few episodes. On the episode that we did on Friday, talking about minor league baseball releases, I got a lot of positive feedback to that episode. I also got a lot of negative feedback. I'm not going to say from who, but I had a couple of direct conversations with some people that staunchly opposed what I was saying, and I heard them out, and I understood their perspective. I will make it clear here first. What is my opinion is my opinion. I never claim it to be fact. I go based on the evidence that is put in front of me, and I formulate my opinion. That is that. But I hope that you understand that by putting that disclaimer out there right now, I am not taking back what I said. I acknowledge what the other side is saying to me. But I am not taking back what I said. I said what I said. And if I take back what I said, then that means I'm not true to the opinion that I founded. That is just simply how I feel about this. You can disagree with me all you want. My opinion is my opinion, and I have the utmost respect for the people that have disagreed with me on this subject. So I want to state that first off. But I do thank everybody that did give me feedback, either positive or negative. I am open to criticism, always. If you have an issue with something I'm doing, let me hear about it. I will listen to you. We want to make this show as great as it can be. So let's continue to have an open dialogue about how we feel. And that segues me to the next thing that I want to say, and that's about the episode that I put out on Tuesday. I appreciate every person that listened to that episode. And I understand that for a lot of people, that was something you probably didn't expect from me. But it's something I felt like I needed to say. This is a baseball podcast. But there are things going on right now in this world, in this country, that are more important than baseball. And I appreciate those of you that are sports fans that were happy that I did not stick to sports. 
Because when society calls for us to make a stand and to do what's right and to stand up for something, we cannot idly sit by and do nothing. Indifference is unacceptable, in my opinion. And you know what? You may ruffle some feathers. You may end up saying something that will make somebody hate you for the rest of your life. But you know what? If you stand up for what you believe is right, which is what I felt like I did in that episode on Tuesday, I can go to bed every night knowing that in some form or another, I expressed what I felt was right, and that I, in a small way, was able to make a difference or make an impact on somebody else. So I appreciate all of you that listened to that episode on Tuesday. If you haven't, go back, listen to it, please. I would sincerely appreciate it. And during these times of civil unrest, sports is something that we like to think of as a unifier. And I haven't done an episode that has focused on the labor negotiations in a couple of days because there's a lot going on in the country, like I said, that is more important right now than baseball. But I want to bring you up to speed because we have reached an impasse. The MLB Players Association and Major League Baseball owners have officially reached an impasse, which to me may signal no baseball in 2020. So I want to first go over with you in detail the 114-game plan that the MLB Players Association proposed to the owners. This proposal said that the season would run from June 30th to October 31st. And remember, today is June 4th. So you would have to get the season underway in three weeks. Spring training underway basically right away. The players would receive their full prorated salaries. That was a big part of it. Players, though, said that they would take deferrals of their income to next year as long as they received it. Fully prorated salaries, but willing to take deferrals. They also said in this proposal that players that did not feel safe could opt out. A couple of other points that Jeff Passan puts in the article that he wrote about it were expanded playoffs for two years. So two years of postseason play that goes from 10 teams to 14. A salary advance of $100 million for the players to split up during their second spring training. Commitment for players wearing microphones on the field and with other broadcast enhancements, and offers to hold events in the offseason, such as an all-star game or a home run derby, to generate additional revenue. One key point that I want to quote directly from Passon's article is this, quote, The inclusion of potential deferrals in Sunday's proposal was an acknowledgement by the players that amid the coronavirus pandemic and unrest around the country, cash flow issues could prove problematic for owners. The deferrals would occur only if the playoffs were canceled, a concern the league has voiced, and would total $100 million. 
They would apply to players whose contracts call for $10 million plus salaries and include interest to make them whole. Deferrals could be part of any counter from the league, which had not officially responded to the union's proposal Sunday. With the desire to start a season by the first week of July, both parties recognize that time is of the essence for a deal. So this was back on May 31st. So then there was something that was put out by Jeff Passan that said that MLB owners would potentially agree to fully prorated salaries, but with a season not of 114 games, but of a 50-game season. So basically, they'll say, we'll give you fully prorated salaries, but that means that it's going to be less money because we'll reduce the season. So basically, the owners are trying to say, all right, players, we agreed to fully prorated salaries, but we're going to have a shorter season so that the amount of money that you receive is less. And then comes this news from an ESPN News Services article. Major League Baseball has rejected the player's offer for a 114-game regular season with no additional salary cuts and told the union it did not plan to make a counterproposal. Players made their proposal Sunday up from an 82-game regular season in management's offer last week. Opening day would be June 30th, and the regular season would end October 31st, nearly five weeks after the September 27th conclusion that MLB's proposal stuck to from the season's original schedule. MLB told the union it had no interest in extending the season into November when it fears a second wave of the coronavirus could disrupt the postseason and jeopardize $787 million in broadcast revenue. While management had suggested it could play a shorter regular season of about 50 games with no more salary reductions, it has not formally proposed that concept. Earlier this week, multiple players told ESPN that they would not abide a shorter schedule, with one saying, quote, we want to play more games and they want to play less. We want more baseball. The Athletic first reported on MLB rejecting the players' offer. So basically... You have reached a complete and total impasse in negotiations. Who do you side with in this scenario? And I'm looking at this, at this point, as the owners effectively saying that we lose less money if there's no baseball season than if there is a baseball season with no fans. My biggest problem, when I look at the sports landscape right now, compared to baseball, college football is trying to start on time with no fans. The NBA just approved their 22-team restart plan in Orlando for July 31st. The NHL, and granted they don't know where they are going to do it yet, approved their 2014 restart plan in two hub cities. The NFL still amazingly thinks they can start on time with no fans. MLB insider Bruce Levine, by the way, and this is not really of much importance, but road broadcasters are going to end up, if there is a season, road broadcasters are going to end up calling games from a studio. Road broadcasters will not travel this year. So basically, you can stay in your home city for the entirety of whatever season you have. 
I don't know how that's going to work for radio broadcasters, but that's how it's going to work. The fact that MLB has told the Players Association that they are not going to counter the Players Association's proposal is a bad sign. I don't think you can take this as anything other than the owners are saying to the players, you go with our plan or we're not agreeing to anything. It feels like the owners have set an ultimatum, and that's bad. You effectively, as we're talking to you on June 4th, you needed to have something set in stone by the end of this week to be able to get the season started up again on July 4th, which is what the owners wanted and what the players wanted. That's when they wanted to start the season. If you were to somehow agree to a 50-game regular season, is that even worth it? That is less than a third of a normal baseball season. 114 games? I'd love that. 82 games? I think 82 or 81 games is the minimum that you can have in order to still call a season legitimate. There's a lot of playoff revenue from TV broadcasts that will be lost if there is no season. But the owners effectively feel like they'll end up losing less money if they don't play than if they play with no fans and that playoff television revenue. So you have two sides that are not budging on either end of their negotiations. How does this get solved other than what it looks like to be the termination of a Major League Baseball season in 2020? Look, you don't have much time left to get something up off the ground. If baseball doesn't happen in some form by August 1, in my opinion, it's not going to happen. Because baseball, for as much as we love baseball, the baseball purists out there, if you run too much into the NFL, you are going to get screwed. The NFL still runs this country. It does. As much as we hate to admit it, most sports fans are NFL fans. The NBA's plan has basically put them in a scenario to where Game 7 of the NBA Finals would be October 12th, and they would have the NBA draft three days later. The NBA lottery, the draft lottery that is, would be August 25th. The NBA is trying to restart the season by July 31st. Now, there are obviously big differences between the NBA and Major League Baseball because the NBA was very close to the end of the regular season when everything shut down. Major League Baseball hadn't even started their season. We are over two months separated from what was supposed to be MLB's opening day. We are a little over a month away from what was supposed to be the All-Star Game. 
Now there's a really important question that needs to be asked in regards to all of the protests in this country going on right now. There are protests happening in every major city in the United States. Big in New York, big in Los Angeles, big in Chicago, big here in the Bay Area. I could go on and on. You've got Major League Baseball teams in all of these places. How is this going to affect coronavirus? Are we going to have a second wave before the predicted second wave? What is this going to do to COVID cases in the United States, especially with protesters coming from out of state and out of area into certain areas? How far back does this end up putting Major League Baseball in regards to where they feel like they can safely restart? I've seen images of a lot of protesters that are wearing masks and trying their best to socially distance, and that's good. But there are a lot that have not. And so where does that put not just sports, but society when it comes to gradually reopening? At what point do we get to this assumed risk that people feel like they have to take when it comes to stepping back into society, dipping our toes in the proverbial pool again. I don't know. I am not somebody that is an expert on any of this. I am a podcaster. I'm a broadcaster. I'm not an epidemiologist. I'm nowhere close to being considered a doctor. It's the doctors and the health officials that are going to have to evaluate the situation. And because of that, the Players Association may feel like the risk has now jumped to a greater height than where it was at before. And we look at the timeline that Major League Baseball set out, even if negotiations were going better than they are, would we have been able to say that we are playing ball on July 4th. I don't think so. I think that you are going to have a decision made in one form or another at some point very soon because I don't feel as if the Major League Baseball owners are going to step off of their position. Now, I want to read something to you from Cubs owner Tom Ricketts. And for those of you that listened to our episode from a couple of weeks ago, I am not a fan of Tom Ricketts. Gosh knows that his brother, the governor of Nebraska, has gotten himself into some hot water, but I'm not going to go into that right now. Tom Ricketts on Tuesday told ESPN's Jesse Rogers that fans have a misconception that teams are, quote, cash cows. Here is what Rickett said directly. Quote, here's something I hope baseball fans understand. Most baseball owners don't take money out of their team. They raise all the revenue they can from tickets and media rights, and they take out their expenses, and they give all their money left to their GM to spend. The league itself does not make a lot of cash. I think there is a perception that we hoard cash and we take money out and it's all sitting in a pile we've collected over the years. Well, it isn't, 
because no one anticipated a pandemic. No one expects to have to draw down on the reserves from the past. Every team has to figure out a way to plug the hole. The scale of losses across the league is biblical. The timing of the work stoppage, the inability to play, was right before the season started. We're looking at 30 teams with zero revenue. To cover the losses, all teams have gone out and borrowed. There's no other way to do it in the short run. In the long run, we may be able to sell equity to cover some of our losses, but that's in the long run. Who would invest at the moment? Take that statement for what you will. Do you want to believe Tom Ricketts, the guy that said that 70% of the Cubs' revenue comes from game day? I don't necessarily want to believe that, but you, the listener, can create your own opinion. You can formulate what you feel like is the right way to interpret that. Somebody that's calling BS on it is Scott Boris. Scott Boris said in regards to this, quote, throughout this process, they'll be able to claim that they never had any profits because those profits went to pay off their loans. However, the end result is that the Ricketts will own improved assets that significantly increases the value of the Cubs, value that is not shared with the players. So basically here, Scott Boris is saying that the Cubs increased their own value in terms of their assets by the money that they spent on ballpark improvements. The only reason that we can use Tom Ricketts as an example here is that Ricketts is really one of the few owners that has publicly cried poor multiple times during this offseason. Why do you think the Cubs didn't spend any money? Because Tom Ricketts felt that the Cubs were in a financially adverse situation, which, let's be clear, if things were normal, the Cubs are generating as much revenue as anybody in Major League Baseball. They're probably top five, maybe top three in terms of revenue generation. So Ricketts here is saying that losses are going to be biblical. Do you take him at his word? I do not. Do we know the finances of the Chicago Cubs and Major League Baseball teams? We also do not. The only way for us to really make an educated opinion about those statements is if we were able to see the financials of these owners. And we're not going to. The Players Association is not going to. The Players Association wants to. And that's the leverage that they are holding over Major League Baseball owners at this time. So basically, if the owners aren't transparent with the Players Association about their finances, the players are not going to make concessions. That is the point that is key to take away from all of this. The reason that these negotiations have reached an impasse is that the owners are not going to share the financials with the players, and the players feel like the owners are not being honest about financials with them. If the owners were willing to open up their financials and present a case to the players about why the players should take further pay cuts and why it's necessary for them to have a sliding scale of pay 
and to not play more games instead of less, then maybe the players would be able to agree to something. But until they do that, it is within the Players Association's rights to question what Major League Baseball is giving them. I thought it was really bold for Bob Nightingale of USA Today to come out and say there will be baseball this year. Bob, you don't know that. Stop being a sycophant of the owners. That's why I love the reporting of Jeff Passan of ESPN because he is putting the facts out as he gets them and he is willing to question one side or the other. He is not taking any sides here. He is trying to be as objective as possible. And so as this continues to develop, I encourage you, the listener, to read the reports and read what is fact and read what is opinion. I am trying to deliver as much factual knowledge as I can, but a lot of what you listen to is based on my opinions, on how I interpret the fact. And right now, we are in a period where Major League Baseball is effectively going to decide whether it plays or not in 2020. Based on the next week alone, that's what you're going to see. Will one side give in? That I do not know. But what I do know is this. We will keep you updated on this show to anything that happens in the negotiations. I am sure that tomorrow we are going to have more news come out. We may even have more news come out later today, but we'll try and get that to you in something that we deliver to you tomorrow. I thank each and every one of you for listening. Have a great rest of your day. Stay safe, and we will catch you in the AM.